Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Today, we're going to continue our series, the I Am series, and we're going to begin to talk about the door. And how do we define reality and the reason we exist on this planet? I want us to really begin to think about that. How do we define reality and begin to explain or describe what is uh reality or the reason we're on this planet and the purpose of the I am series is to bring us into a greater reality and I want you to really get this Jesus as I am takes us from existing to really living and if you're online we want to welcome you and I want you to chat those words or text that online you may want to write that out in your Bible if you're taking notes remember we bring a Bible we bring a friend and so Jesus as I am he is that we do not just exist he takes us from existing to living and they have a rabbi that did a great blog saying that you could have all your needs met from food clothing shelter job pension but if you're existing, that's not really living. And Jesus Christ surely came to meet our needs. Our needs are met in his riches and glory. But God wants us to do more than exist. God wants us to live and have meaning and purpose in this life. And the way we begin to gauge meaning and purpose isn't just having our needs met, but it's the reality in the life-giving presence of Jesus Christ that we begin to discover in the I am serious. Now, please get this. Some people say this, I think, therefore I am. The famous uh, European philosopher said that. Uh, can I say I exist, but I do not exist because of my thoughts? No, your thoughts do affect your existence, but I am not a byproduct. My creation didn't come from my thinking or my dreaming or some people today in America, they say I have, therefore I exist. Can I tell you my car, my house, my clothes, none of my possessions define my life because you can have none of that and still really live because you have met the great I am. Amen. And I want to just stop and thank God for Steve last week who preached on I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the week before, Pastor Michael on I am the light of the world. And today we're going into I am the door. Now, we have all wrestled with the idea of who God is. Is he good? Is he not good? Is he moody? And Moses begins to ask, what is your name? And we're going to go to the first place in the Bible where I am is mentioned. So use your Bible ribbon and put it in John 10, all right, right there, and go with me to Exodus chapter 3. And that's the second book in the Bible. So it's Genesis, Exodus, and we're going to look at verses 11 to 14. And we have all wrestled with what God is like. When we have a right perspective of God, we'll have a right perspective of ourselves. Our understanding of God should come through the revelation of who he is through his name, not through titles and and labels and so we're looking now at the first place where God said I am that I am let's begin to read here but Moses said to God 
Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Do you get that? We're, we're talking about that today. Who am I in the midst of a global pandemic with what's happening on the European continent with stocks and going up and down, oil prices up and down? Who am I that I should go to a world leader and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So God said, verse 12, he said, I certainly will be with you and this will be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God. And another way to say the word serve, another translation says you will worship God. That's why we don't just attend church. This isn't an NBA game or we're not spectators in March Madness. We actually get on the court. We put on the uniform and we play the game that's why we're in groups that's why we serve on a team because worship our worship some people say well where do you worship they say well city church or another church for us worship isn't just a building we attend it's the God we serve in the way we serve him is through the people that are around us amen and so I love this he said you shall serve God on this mountain look at verse 13 then Moses said to God indeed when I come to the church of Israel and say to them the God get this the God of your fathers had sent me to you and they say to me what is his name what shall I say to them verse 14 listen to what God said and God said to Moses I am who I am I want you to say that with me I am who I am let's do it one more time who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, you must know this. God desires, all right? He has a name and he desires for us to know him personally. And you say why? That we may worship him. We cannot worship God without knowing him personally. Worship is extremely intimate. And so that's why he said, hey, when they asked who sent you, what name shall I tell them? He said, tell them I am. And God began to say that because worship, you can't worship energy. We don't worship electricity. We do not worship power. We worship a God who wants to have a relationship with him. And he said, I am. Now write this down or give a thought to this. I am in the Hebrew is four letters. In these four letters, sell and define and show and reveal the eternal existent God, the God that always was, the God that always will be, the God that is right now. And believe it or not, I love what Michael said a couple weeks ago. When it says I am, usually if you say, what is your name? Or in Spanish, como se llama? And I say Jude or Becky or Ramsey or Florence, it is a noun. Even if you say, what church do you go to? City Church, California, it's a noun. But when God says, I am, tell him that I am sent you, it's even more than a noun. It is is a verb and only God can be a noun and a verb and an adjective and an adverb in all of it and then some God is not only a noun but he is a verb and what he is saying I'm gonna be whatever you need in your life I'm gonna be that 
So if you're hungry, I'm going to be food. If you're confused, I'm going to be direction. If you feel unsafe and vulnerable, I'm going to be your protection. I'm going to be whatever you need me to be, whenever you need me to be it. So it doesn't matter what's going on or which season in your life. I am whatever you need me to be in the moment you need me to be that. And can I just say, a lot of times people try to make their spouse the great I am. And can I tell you, Becky is great, but she's not the great I am. Why? Because only God could be a noun and a verb and meet every one of our needs. And our needs are met in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And so I want you to do this. I want you to go to John 10, 10. Now, in the gospel of John, you guys, I love John. I've been teaching in our Bible college and hopefully within this year or 2023 I really want to bring some of this to you in 2022 John is a boss and what Augustine says of John that he is so shallow now when Jesus found me in 1980 the thing they told us when we found Jesus well he wasn't lost uh, he found me I was very lost is that you should read the gospel of John because they say that's where a toddler a five or six year old could wade in it's that shallow that means you could understand it but it's deep enough for an elephant to swim in and I so love John now you may not know this but John the gospel of John he wrote that after he wrote the book of Revelation so John's knowledge of Jesus isn't just that Jesus was his first cousin they hung out uh, his mother Salome was uh, sisters with the Virgin Mary so they they are related his can I just say it right now some of us need a revelation of God not just because we hang out at church because we have seen God through his word and in his name and it causes us to have a deep desire to worship him now John is awesome guys he he's the only person that reminds me in the Bible that really reminds me of me now, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I love referring to myself in the third person. And so for, I will write myself notes, like, because I have a contact that I wear. Uh, Dear Pastor Jude, uh, do not forget to take out your contact. Love, Pastor Jude. P.S. God bless, uh, Pastor Jude. I mean, I, I mean, it's like, Becky goes, why don't you just say, take out the contact? Why do you have to call yourself as Pastor Jude? John does that. He never really uses his name, but he uses the disciple that Jesus loved. And it's all throughout the book. And I thought, oh my God. And is that not like Pastor Jude? Oh, that's the best sermon. And I'm preaching it. I'm the most humble and I'm saying it. <laughs> and this is John. Now, let me tell you another freaky thing about John. He loves numbers. He loves numbers. And his favorite number is my favorite number. And my favorite number is the day I was born, which is March the 7th. And you say, why do you like seven so much? Because it represents perfection, meaning it's not going to get any better than that. Now, get that John is a numbers freak, and you won't believe it. 
There's seven signs in the book of John. Can't wait to preach on that one. But there's another one. There's seven I am's or names of God in the gospel of John. And so if you say, well, I just don't know if I'm seeing God clearly. Well, look at his names and you will see him more clearly and worship him more authentically. Okay. So let's go through the seven names. Help me out. Help me out. Michael preached on one. I am the light of the world. Preached last week. I am, if you know it, say it with me the way, the truth, and the life. Today we're going to begin to speak on I am the door. Next week, well, next week's day, but after that we will speak on I am the good shepherd. Now let me just stop. I wanted to do I am the good shepherd, but you can't. Do I'm the good shepherd if you don't understand I am the door. door. And, and we're going to talk about that today. Not only am I am the good shepherd, he says I am the bread of life. Can I say when we get to that one, I believe many people are going to see God, feel God, experience God through the Lord's table and participating. Wherever has died on the inside of you or I, we're not going to exist waiting till that pain goes away. We're going to receive a healing in Jesus' name. Then he goes on and he says this, I am the uh, true vine and we will end an Easter. Say it with me. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, let's go to John 1, I mean John 10. We're going to read the verse, uh, first 10 verses, okay? And this is John chapter 10 and we're going to read 1 through 10. Here we go. He says, most assuredly, that means truly, truly, listen up, pay attention, I say to you. He who does not enter, please underline the word enter, there's a way to enter the sheepfold by the door, underline this, it's not going to be difficult to see his main point, the door climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door, uh, who enters by the door, not a door, but the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So that's why it's important we speak on the door before we speak on the shepherd that you understand one of the roles of the good shepherd. Verse three, to him the doorkeeper opens. So there's someone who's managing the door. And the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Why? Why do we follow God? Because we know his voice. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 6. Jesus used this illustration. Pause for a moment. This is a metaphor. He's giving you a word picture. He's giving us a word picture to define the great I am, and it is I am the door. 
before, but they didn't understand it. And you know what? I can tell you, I have read through John a lot, and I haven't fully understood the concept, I am the door. They did not understand the things which uh, he spoke to them. Verse 7, then Jesus said to them, again, this is the third time. He says, most assuredly, surely, surely, truly, truly, pay attention to this. I say to you, please underline it three times in these verses. Say it with me. I am the door of the sheep. Let's say it again. I am the door of the sheep. Verse 8, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door. What do you think he's trying to get across today? He's the door. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, please get this, he will be saved. So this is a commentary of the facts of salvation and how to be saved. And we'll go in and out. Please underline that. We'll go in and out. I don't know about you, but I'm not existing. I made a choice two years ago when COVID hit this state in our nation that I was not going to exist and barely live until the pandemic ceased and they lift all restrictions. Can I tell you, I lived when they shut down California. I'm living now. I lived with a mask, without a mask. I am here to really live. I'm not existing. Come on. He tells you. I am the door, and if we come in by him, not only are we saved, we will go in and out and find pastors. Please get this. There's a very serious verse to me. It's a life verse to me. It's not, my, it's not the life verse, but it's serious. And I love this, verse 10, 10, 10. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. Notice he didn't say that they may exist. God is not wanting us to merely exist. He wants us to really live and that they may have it more abundantly. Can you say abundantly? Now, I want, I want to begin to talk about two things. If you're taking notes, I want you to write two points down. And it's real simple. Number one, the fold, which I would say is living. It's really living. And I'm going to get to that, the sheepfold, in a moment. Then the next one is the door, which is access. I want you to write that down. To re when we discover Jesus Christ, the great I am, as the door, we're going to really begin to live, and he shows us how, that you're not just going to be wandering in a day and age where a lot of church has gone strictly online, and people got a little bit nervous about being in the community of faith, can I say we really cannot live without each other? that sheep need to find a fold. And, and it's a place of, please put these three words down, fold is a place of safety, a place of protection, and a place of security. You should write that down. So what is a fold? It's where the sheep come in, and it is a place of protection. It is a place of security, and it's a place of safety. Did you write that down? And you know where the protection comes from and the safety and the security? It's that the sheep are in close proximity to the shepherd. Now, let's begin to talk about the fold because he says this, I am the door 
to the sheepfold. Now, for us, because many of us do not have sheep, but we have had animals. And how many of you have dogs? How many of you have cats? How many of you prefer dogs over cats? Mm. How many of you hate cats? No, come on, we're Christians, people. Come on, he is Jehovah Java, the Lord of cats. Amen. And, and so, but get this, I want you to really get this, people, get this, get this. Mike Rovner, who's over at the marketplace, is probably one of the greatest dog owners in all of Ventura County. His vice president, Dave, a few years ago at Mike's surprise party came up and he says, I don't believe in reincarnation, but if I did believe in reincarnation, I want to come back as Mike's dog. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing. I said, why do you want to come back as Mike's dog? He said, because the dog sleeps with Mike and Janet. Mike feeds him real food. He has pet insurance and, uh, and Mike cleans up after him. I would love, he goes, I clean up after a lot of Mike's stuff on the job. He said, then for all eternity, Mike would be cleaning up after me. <laughs> And I thought, yeah, I don't believe in reincarnation either, but I'll, I'll come back as Peggy Sue. You know, Mike's little French bulldog is like, yeah, why not? You know, now let me tell you this. When it begins to say a sheepfold or a pen, we, one of the greatest experiences of Becky and I's life is when we moved to Ventura about 11 years ago, we got a dog. And someone gave me a book by the monks of Skeet on how to train a puppy. And in that uh, section, they said dogs are herd animals. Now sheep, they, they roam, I guess you could say they roam, in a flock, a flock of sheep, a herd of whatever, cattle, you could tell I am not a rancher, you know, and they, uh, they said, get them a pen because the dog, because dogs are pack animals and they will feel at home in a pen. And so we put Luther's pen right by our bed. And when you go, mm, 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 I go, you're okay. You're okay. And then I kind of uh, do it in a growl voice, kind of like an alpha dog. I put my hand by the cage and I go, you're okay, you're okay. I just tried to sound like one of the characters from Narnia and he went right to sleep. Now, let me tell you something. The pen is something. Now, if during 4th of July, when they set off fireworks at the beach, guess where Luther would run to? The pen. Guess when some, he wasn't sure, he felt insecure, the pen. When he got tired, the pen. Now let me tell you something. You really don't need the fold all during the day. Because shepherds, and we're going to talk about this in two weeks, they lead the sheep. I remember years ago, I was in a church, and the person who was up me, above me really was uh, disrespectful. Uh, they weren't being nice. I didn't care for them, and I was going to quit. And uh, a person came who was over my boss. My boss's boss came to talk to me and said, why are you quitting the church? Didn't God lead you? I said, yes, God led me, but now he's driving me away. And this person said, that's not scriptural. God never drives his sheep. He only leads his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me, not drives me. Now, I've got to begin to explain this to us. You see, in the day, the shepherd would get his sheep, 
And they would lead them to pastures and still waters. But as evening would come, he would lead them back into the fold or the pen. Now, they had two types. Write this down. They have two types of sheepfold or sheep pens in the New Testament or in biblical times. One is what would be called a domestic fold. Or let's say it this way, a city fold. Where every city in that region had a sheepfold because it was a major occupation was the sheep uh, shepherds that would lead their sheep and they would be out during the day but in nighttime they would come and they would go into the pen now again two types you had a city sheepfold and then you had a country or a fold that if they were out in the pasture for two or three days they had a fold that they would go in at night so I want you to write this down this is going to help you pastures by day my goodness Becky I love you you are so obedient I'm going to try that at home not going to work okay everyone say pastures by day Pens by night, foals by night. So you got, they have one in the city. So Jerusalem had several sheep foals or sheep gates or sheep encampments. But then they have one out in the country or in the pasture. Now get this, you need to really get this. In the city, if we would have a picture, just think of a large square. Because in a sheepfold, it's not just one shepherd. In the sheepfold, there were many shepherds from that area. And the way they got in, you can't, they couldn't climb over the wall. Can you imagine me with Luther trying to climb a six-foot fence? Here, Luther, okay, on three, I'm going to drop you. You know, possibly to injure his foot. I wouldn't do that. Neither would a good shepherd. And so they couldn't climb over. They had to come in through the door. And the door in the city, please get this, in the city had someone who was paid by the shepherds and it was a doorkeeper and there was only one way those sheep could get into that fold and the way they got in is that their shepherd was allowed into that fold and so what the shepherd would do he would go to the doorkeeper and he would recognize yes this is a shepherd then the shepherd would begin to call his sheep now if it was someone who was not their shepherd you could tell when someone is a shepherd in your life you hear their voice, you listen to them, and you respect them. Are you with me? Pastor Wendell was my shepherd for years, and I gladly followed his wisdom. Now it's Pastor Dave, it's Pastor Benny. All of us need a shepherd. So get this, when the shepherd would come, he would have his sheep behind him. Well, like Becky and I, when we saw our little dog, Luther, who needed Botox, and they say owners look like their dogs, so watch it, don't tell me that. And, and so I kid you not we named him Luther and and so you could do this if Luther was in the house after a few months I could say Henry Frank Lucifer he that's what Becky's dad called uh, Luther Lucifer and go Papa stop it Luther wouldn't look why because he knows his name and so get this the shepherds named every sheep come on fluffy get in here bumpy get in here dopey get in here happy get in here sneezy get in here 
And they come. Now, let me tell you what the shepherd would do. He would use his rod to check the, uh, the sheep. Now, a lot of times people say, yeah, pastor really hit me good today with the rod. That is not the goal of a shepherd. I never spanked my dog. I should have read Training a Puppy by the Monks of Skeet before I had children because I spanked them. But what he was doing, he was inspecting from the head to the feet to see if there's any injury, any parasites. And he would go in and get this, a beautiful picture. When they got into the fold, that shepherd would lie down right with his sheep. Now, in the country, can you imagine? And sometimes, and I would say, in the last two years, we have not been in a city sheepfold. We have been really in a pasture. And God has been leading us in green pastures. And that means they're going to be out in the country for several days. Now get this, the encampment is not as big is the one in the city. It's an encampment. It is wall, but it's probably maybe two to three feet. And so in the city, it was almost impossible, but could for a thief or a robber, and they had them. They would climb over the wall. Why? To steal a sheep one at a time, probably murder the sheep, get the sheep, eat the meat, sell the wool, and he was a thief and a robber. Okay, but in the country, what would happen, they didn't have a doorkeeper. So guess what we can't talk about the good shepherd unless I tell you about the door because in the country when he led them out guess who became the door the shepherd and you'll never guess what he did he would lay down at the entrance of the sheep pen and what he would do he'd go fluffy she'd jump over bashful jump over sneezy jump over and they would come over the shepherd and he would spend the night sleeping in the entrance why because if there is an enemy and there is one who comes to still kill and destroy there is a door that is protecting us a barrier from hell and one that's bringing us into God and salvation come on now if you see one of these encampments, if you go like to Erdman's Bible handbook, you're going to see they made these walls with individual rocks. So they'd have a rock, some plaster, a rock, some plaster. And again, it could get up to here, a little bit higher in the country, a little bit shorter. Now, you know what they say those rocks represent? That they represent the law. And the law is not bad. The law is good. Paul said the law is holy, it's spiritual, it's righteous. But guess what? The law is it, it, supposed to keep the enemy out, but it was to bring me and you into salvation. And it did not have the ability to do that. You can, and in fact, it said if you try to get in this fold by climbing the law, you're never going to be able to do it. In fact, you're going to be considered a thief and a robber. And all who went before me, who's those? Moses, Abraham. No, they were thieves and robbers in the sense they could not become the door. But Jesus said, no, Moses isn't the door. Abraham isn't the door. I am your protection. I am your direction. I am your security. I am it. Amen. Everyone say the door. Okay, I want to ask you this. Get this. How many of you have a garage door opener? How many of you have one of the keypads? We had to change it because we had given our code to everyone. 
We'd come home, it's like, what are you doing in the house? Oh, I just use the code, you know? And it's like, change the code, you know? Well, we changed the code, and a few weeks ago, I went on a walk, and I went to the code, put in the old code, the Old Testament, put in the old code, and it didn't work. And lo and behold, Becky wasn't answering her phone. It's like, she always answers for her friends, except me. No. (laughs) I mean, if you ever think that way, am I the only goof? Okay. And and so, could you not get this? What did I have to do? And I'm praying. We have a two-story house, and I'm praying on the rock stones, getting to the balcony, which is on the second story. And I'm saying, God, please do not let me fall. It will be so disgraceful. And, and I get up there and thank goodness the sliding glass door is open. So I was able to go in. Finally, right after I get in and I'm sweating, saying, thank you, Jesus. Becky comes home. Why did you do that? I didn't know the code. Why didn't you call me? I did. Why didn't you answer? Come on. <laughs> now, listen, if you and I are going to use the Old Testament as access to get into God, we will never be able to get into God. There's only one door, and that is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And again, I really want you to write this down, and I already told you, the fold was a place of security, protection, and safety. And that came from the proximity of the shepherd. Now, I want to begin to talk about the door. Everyone say, the door. Okay, the band's going to come up because I'm going to have to begin to end. Jesus Christ is that door. Now, watch me. This is what I really want to get, and your life is going to be changed. When Jesus comes and says, I am the door, and the reason why I am cannot just be a noun, it becomes a verb, I want you to begin to think of what he he becomes for you and I. Get this. What is a door? I wish I had one up here. Stop thinking of a wooden panel or a wooden structure with a knob that we do this. But I want you to think, whether it's a sliding glass door, a garage door, a door that you open, what does a door do? A door grants access into a place that's a lot bigger, a lot bigger. When you open the door, for example, if you come into our house and you come into the garage door opens, the garage is a lot bigger than the garage door. If you open the door that's inside the garage to come into the house, the house is a lot bigger than that door. Can I tell you right now, I am sensing for you and me and our church and us collectively, we're standing at a new opportunity. We're standing in front of a door, and what's behind that door is a greater dimension, a new atmosphere, and a new opportunity. And when Jesus begins to say, I am the door, four times, I am the door, no one, I don't care how good you are, I don't care how moral you are, I don't care how religious you are, Can I say right now, he is the only entrance into a relationship with God. But I want to say something I really feel so strongly today. This is how I want to end. When Jesus comes and says, I am the light of the world. Begin to think about this. In the beginning, it says God created the heavens and the earth. The earth became dark. It was without form. And darkness hovered over the face of the deep. 
verse 2. Then God said, let there be light. I thought when he said, let there be light in verse 2, that he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He didn't. He didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars until verse 14 on verse day 4. And so there was light without sun, moon, and stars. And God doesn't need sun, moon, and stars to be light. He's light all by himself. In fact, in the book of Revelation, there's not going to be sun, moon, and stars because he will be the light of the new earth. But guess what? He said, not only am I light, but because you're now in a relationship with me, guess what? We are light. And you know what? We're not the originator of the light. You see, the moon doesn't create its light. Stars do not create light. They're only a reflection of the sun. No, I don't create my own light. I'm a reflection of the light, the Son of God that is in me. Come on. Then get this. He comes and he says, I'm in. I, I'm, the, I'm the highway. If you want to go anywhere in God, I'm the interstate. And you've been traveling, going southbound, and it seems right to you, but it's going to be destruction. Turn around, do a legal U-turn, and come to me, and I am life. I am the path. I am reality. Now, get this one. I want you to really, really get this one. He says then, I am the door. City Church, I felt so impressed that God saying, not only Judah, I'm the door, and you are in a pasture. Now let me just take a break for a minute and tell you, the pasture is not church, because God does not lead us in and out of church. The pasture is not heaven, because when I get to heaven, I'm not gonna be led in and out of heaven. The pasture is really a place of protection. Where do you go when you feel, uh, when you feel vulnerable? Let me uh, sit down and calm down. Where do you go when you are uncertain? Come on, am I the only one that's uncertain after two and a half years of a pandemic? A European conflict that I've not seen in my lifetime? Can I say uncertainty is in the atmosphere? But I feel so strong today. Jesus saying, I am the door. Okay, let me say it another way. You, you, that just thank you, Michelle, for that bow. Yes! How many of you have one of these? It's called an iPhone. How many of you have apps on one of these? You know what Jesus is saying when he's saying, I am the door, I'm the app. I'm the app that leads to all other apps. And when you click on this app, you're going to have access to a world that is so much larger than you ever imagined. And I feel like God's saying, Jude, not only am I the door for City Church California, I am making City Church California a door that many are going to come into a relationship with me. Are you with me on that? And you know what? You can always know when you meet a door because they begin to open things up for you. You know what? After all the years of ministry, people just this week, I will be going down and speaking with Theos University in Palm Springs. They have pastors coming from all over the world, Great Britain, Asia, all over. And my notoriety on Instagram is going up because of one person, Nathan Finocchio, who says his life was changed when I ministered years ago in Utica, New York. And you know what? You never know who you're speaking to. You never know what your job is going to do for another person. You don't know your ministry. You don't know your life. You don't know your words. You can be talking. You think they're just a person, but they're a door. And you know what I uh, learned a long time ago? Doors 
usually don't look that impressive. Usually they don't look that great and they look a lot smaller than the entry that they're bringing you into. A door represents access. It, it represents opportunity. And so I felt like this is how God impressed me. He said, son, I have opened doors for you that you would become a door because you treated that door as something significant. You know what that door was? Only speaking, when I went to Utica, they didn't even have 50 kids, but I preached to those 50 kids like they were 5,000. And in that group of 50 people, they had some doors in there. Now those doors are opening doors for me. I just feel like God's saying, I'm gonna use you to be a door on your job, in your neighborhood, in this city, that others can come in and they will have protection from darkness, from the thief, from a robber, from the elements, and they're going to experience the good shepherd. The good shepherd to be experienced has to have the door. Are you with me on that? Will you stand up? Will you stand up with that? Now, you may want to write this down. You don't have to. You can text it to your friend. What is the door for us? Number one, words. When people's words shut the door and can I say some words we need to have someone say knock it off all right and, and so some doors can be shut hear me why did we have to change the garage code too many people had access if you never say no then you have never met the door because when you meet the door he's going to tell you no what I've learned with children, how I many of you ever heard? If you give them an inch, they take a mile. For example, at the school, in the college, in our ministries, we don't just let anyone be a small group leader. There's a door for that. And, and so we t there has to be a no, but guess what? They are doors that speak and scream and shout yes. I believe words can be doors. I believe thoughts can be doors. I believe ministries can be doors. I believe friends can be doors. I'm just asking you, who is keeping you out, unprotected, vulnerable, because that's where the thief comes to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you, but I have come that you may have life, and life more abundantly. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross just to forgive us, but that we could go in and out and have a mobility and a life. Can you say amen? I want us to do this. Maybe put your hands like this and we're going to pray and we're going to worship. Father, right now, how many of you would say before I pray, you would say, I have not been in the fold. I have been with the shepherd but we're, we're in a place of uncertainty, of confusion, of trouble, non-clarity. That's when you need to get into the fold. That's when you need, I, I've been there. I've been there, just a, a local church in this area, their senior pastor is going through something very similar that my wife went through. I would never wish that on anyone. You said, what are you praying? Jesus, you're the door. Now bring him and his beautiful wife in that fold like you did Becky and I. You say, who was in that fold? Well, Kim and Larry, she cooked food. Betty McCartney did my laundry. It's something about being in a fold when you're in this uncertain season. They make a sheet. 
just settle down and get some needed rest. When you're exhausted and you have constant fatigue syndrome that's battling your body and your mind, that's when we need to be in a group. That's when we need to be on a team. That's where we, we don't come to church just to check in and check out. Whoever does that, reconsider because you're living life not in the fold, meaning you become very vulnerable. And I can say, I'm praying for that one. Amen. So if you would say, I need to be brought into the fold, it's Christ, the good shepherd that does that. Raise your hand with me. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I'm praying it for myself. And what is the fold? For me, it's where the other sheep are. And there's a protection. There's a protection if I'm around Mike and Janet Rover. There's a protection if I'm around Dan and Lori, Rick and Maureen, Terry and Mitch. I want to live protected. Amen. And I want to be able to go in and I want to be able to go out. Now, let's just pray. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You are the door. And all who've come before you, Lord, were thieves and robbers. And anyone who climbs over the encampment wall, their intentions are not good. Stop trying to manipulate. Stop trying to work it out. God doesn't need us to be spinmeisters. If it's God's will for you to be in one point, you will be in that one point. Come on, let's trust the Lord with all our heart. Stop trying to finagle and control. If you are control free, and I have been at some times in my life, it could be a sign of not trusting the door. It is the door that brings, that gives us access. It's not our own intelligence. It's not our own uh, working it up. And right now, I speak that we're going to be able to live, go in and go out. We're not going to be insecure. We're not just going to exist. We're not waiting until this moment is over. If you're single, they usually say, well, I won't be happy until I'm married. Married people say, I won't be happy until then. No, 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 no. I am happy and I know it because there is a door, there is an access, and it is Jesus Christ, and he's with me when I go in. He's with me when I go out. He's with me in the country. He's with me in the city. He's with me in the day, but most of all, by God, he is with me at night. And he has laid down his life for me that I can become a door for other people to have access to this thing called living in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, the only way to get in is to receive Jesus Christ. And I love what Moses said. Tell him I am sending you because this will be a sign. You and them are going to come back on this mountain and you're going to worship me and serve me. I'm going to count to three. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, and let me be very clear, he is the door. And there are many doors that he can open. There's only one he will not open. Revelation chapter 3. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens that door, gives me access, then I'm going to give you access to a life you've never dreamt of. But that means you're going to have, and that door can only be opened from the inside. It only has one handle. And you've got to open it. But on three, you're saying, I am going to open the door of my life, my heart, my mind. And I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to enter a relationship with him. On three, you're going to raise your hand. On one, on three, you'll raise your hand. On two, you're giving Jesus access. You're opening your entire life. Three, right now, raise your hand. 
wherever you're at, I'm opening the door of my will, my life, my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Stomp, shout, cheer in Jesus' name. Let's pray this. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. I open the door. You're in my life, and I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Keep me safe. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Let your angels have charge over me. Keep me in all my ways. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.